the artists and the musicians and designers, they make the city colorful and they bring life to the city. And even if you don't think you like art and if you don't think you like music, you you probably do and you probably enjoy those type of people in your city because they really create that culture and create that community. I'm John Lewis, and you're listening to 360 Degree City, a podcast where we talk to people who are working to make cities better. Our hope is that after each episode, you'll start to see your own city from a slightly different angle. 360 Degree City is brought to you by the team at Intelligent Futures. We're a team of versatile urban problem solvers, and our aim is to figure out better ways of living together. I think our cities need more people who just take an idea to make something better and run with it. Rather than wait for someone else to solve a problem or address a need, I think we all need to do our part to make cities better. Today, we're going to talk to someone who exemplifies this attitude. My name is Angel Guerra, and I'm one of the co-founders of Market Collective. And Market Collective is an artisan market that was created in Calgary, and it happens about five times a year. And we started it to promote the arts and the music and the food scene in Calgary, and it's been growing for the last 10 years. Our office at Intelligent Futures is located at Blank Page Studio, a creative collaborative space here in Calgary. We share studio space with architects, designers, artists, and other kinds of creative folks. Included in this mix are the great folks at Market Collective. In 2018, Market Collective celebrated their 10th anniversary. A lot's changed for the company since their humble beginnings back in 2008. Angel, along with co-founder Angela Dion, decided to chip in $50 each to launch Market Collective. And the result? In the last three years alone, the markets have generated $5 million in sales for local artisans and artists. I wanted to talk with Angel, who's been running the company since day one. In this episode, we talk about exactly what Market Collective is, how the idea of Market Collective began with Angel and her co-founder, Angela, the importance of supporting local artisans, the shift that Calgary's creative community has seen over the last few years, and the challenges that Market Collective has faced. Can you describe that origin story of Market Collective? If I recall correctly, you and Angela put in like 50 bucks each. Yeah. And it's kind of exploded from there. (laughs) Yeah, so way back in 2008, Angela and I both got invited to a breakfast, and um, we didn't know each other at the time, I biked down to the house that it was happening at and kind of our first memory and our first picture of each other was on a front stoop, just sitting there eating some breakfast. And um, we got along right away and exchanged phone numbers. And about two weeks later, we met, oh, uh, met up for a cup of tea and just to chat about life and get to know the other person. And that is when the idea of Market Collective <laughs> started. And the first event was launched three months after that with us each putting in 50 bucks and a lot of heart. And um, I don't think, we probably didn't know exactly what we were biting off at the time, but it's almost better that way because you look back, you're just so excited about something that um, the naivety almost kind of fuels it and helps it mm-hmm. to grow without any of those barriers of like, we couldn't do this, or maybe people wouldn't be interested or just full, full in with all, like basically all the money we had at the yeah. time because we were students. <laughs> so it was a big investment, small looking back, but kind of big at the time. Yeah. And so if for folks that are listening to this, that, that uh, are in other parts of Canada or the world or haven't been to a market collective, can you describe what uh, a market collective experience is? Yeah, so uh, with Market Collective, we really wanted to 
create a place that artists could sell their work sustainably in Calgary. So artists always keep 100% of the money that they make. They just pay a fee to be part of it. And um, from the very beginning, we'd have artists and then we'd have musicians and DJs performing and we've had, we'd have food and different interactive experiences for people to get their hands dirty playing with different art projects or different mediums or different things that they've never tried before. But at the root of all of it, we really wanted to, to have it community based and to have a feeling of belonging or a sense of belonging when you walked in. And I'm not sure as organizers how you exactly set the tone for that or create that, but it seems like we are able to push that vision now. And 10 years later, it still feels like a really warm environment when you walk in. And mm-hmm. obviously nothing's perfect, but um, there's something to it that's more than an event. It seems like a community. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, it's just, it's really, I think that's the really special part of Market Collective is that feeling that you get and the opportunity to meet new people. Could you, could you maybe describe uh, a little more why you chose to provide community space and music and those kinds of things? And, and what, what, what's been the feedback, both from, I guess, the artists and the artisans that are um, selling their wares at the market and then the community members that, that have uh, attended and participated? Uh, yeah, well, when we first started, I had actually gone to a flea market like the week before we'd gone out for that tea and kind of looked around and it was a lot of elderly people, a lot of trinkets. And I thought, like, man, this would be really awesome if there was something like this in the city for kind of a different demographic or catered to a bit of a different demographic than the flea market was. And so when I'd met up with Angela and was talking about that, um, she was really invested in the arts at the time and really wanted to see the arts grow in Calgary. And at the same time, I had just started, like I think about a year before that, hosting house shows, so little concerts in our living room. And we were seeing like 70, 80, like 90 people showing up for it. And so I was really invested in the community part and the uh, the music part, and Angela was really pushing the arts part. And so when we started, we just wanted to keep all those things um from the get-go, put mm-hmm. all of them in and keep them all. And the feedback that we had from the community right away was that some people came because they liked the art, some people came because of the music, and some people just came because they wanted a space to gather that wasn't a bar and that wasn't a mall, that they could meet people and exchange ideas and um, collaborate with people and just get to know different people in their city. So the feedback was good because it seemed like it was touching three different demographics of people that overlapped sometimes, but sometimes people just came exclusively for one or the other and then got introduced to something else when they were there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that community, uh, you know, being uh, sharing studio space with you now for five years, apparently, which is insane. (laughs) Um, it's, I, I'm amazed every time I go of how many, um, how many people you see, uh, hugging each other. Like, you know, I haven't seen you in, in a while and, and those kinds of, uh, it's, it's like this awesome gathering space that just emerges every few months. And it's, it's a true event for the people that are bought in. And then you can see the people that are, that are newbies. And I've taken out of towners to market when they're in town and they're just floored by that community aspect. Cause it's, it seems what was super cool is it's not just a, uh, 
like, like you said, a mall, like where it's just about commercial transactions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's it. So, um, the, that interact, that overlapping uh, that you, that you talked about, I think is super, uh, important. And you mentioned, uh, at the start about, uh, providing, you know, sustainable, um, revenue support for local artisans in the city. Why, why do you think that is, why was it important to you to, um, create a space for that at the time? And have you seen a need change over time? At the time there was nothing that was like that. Like there wasn't any markets in the city doing that. Um, retail stores were taking, or galleries, retail stores or galleries were taking like upwards of 50% from like commission from different things. And so we thought that it was really important just to provide a space that was like a low buy-in for people, that they could sell their things, meet new people, market what they were doing. Um, But also at the time, we found that people were just, the artists or the creative community, they were just flooding out of the city. I think one summer, I think like 20 people I knew moved to Vancouver and another 10 people moved to Montreal. And it was because there was just nothing keeping the creatives in Calgary, the creative class in Calgary. So when we thought about all these people leaving, and honestly, a lot of them kind of came back like two or three or four years later Mm. because they were almost like small fish in these like big aquariums. Um, They'd come back to Calgary because... The opportunities in Calgary were growing and we were launching these amazing musicians were coming out of it. And in the first year of Market Collective, so the first two years, um, a handful of the artists were able to quit their full-time jobs and that had never really happened before. So yeah, for us, it was just important to create a revenue stream for these type of people to stay in our city because the artists and the musicians and designers, they make the city colorful. And they bring life to the city. And even if you don't think you like art and if you don't think you like music, you you probably do. And you probably enjoy those type of people in your city because they really create that culture and create that community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess we just wanted to keep keep our friends around. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> Market Collective has also been sort of a, a jumping off point for new businesses. Um, can you maybe talk about some of the success stories of folks that maybe started at Market Collective and have moved on um, to bigger and better things, so to speak? Yeah, for sure. Um, a few years ago, I was actually interviewing this artist from Edmonton and asking him, he had started up an artist market in Edmonton, and asking him what he thought the par- importance of art markets were in a community. And his answer was pretty simple. It was that they're like a low stakes public forum that you can launch an idea and see if people like it. And if they don't like it, you, you don't have much to lose other than, you know, a little bit of your time and a little bit of your money. But if they do like it, it's a really great place to kind of move forward from those ideas. So over the years, um, we've seen a number of businesses launch out of Market Collective that started brick and mortar stores in Calgary or went on to like national sales. And some of those were plant store in Inglewood. They started with Market Collective around 2010 with just a couple crates of terrariums. And then just a couple years after that, they had a store and then they moved to a bigger store and now they've launched a second store. And just incredible work and plant and design coming out of that. Um, Camp Brand Goods launched at Market Collective and they were able to meet Kotu Kitch there and start the livery shop in Inglewood. Um, back in 2009, Sidewalk Citizen uh, 
started selling their scones at Market Collective, and Market Collective was the first retail place that they ever sold at. And now, yeah, they're a few bakeries deep and <laughs> just making some of the most amazing bread. And that list could literally go on and on mm-hmm. of all these all these stores that launched in Calgary and then also all these brands that just um, launched out of it that are known nationally and even all over the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Uh, what I appreciate about the low stakes uh, idea about sharing your ideas um, is that I think people start with the barriers. And like you said, even with the start of Market Collective itself, about how you're... Um, naive about some things and you just went for it. And I think that that's um, not enough people in the world actually just do it and good Canadian term, shoot the buck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, another thing you were asking about too is when we started in 2008, not only was there not markets and not places like that, there also really wasn't social media. And so people, there was an Etsy, there was an Instagram, Facebook was just kind of in Canada new on the scene. And so Market Collective was the place to come to see the art in the city, and then you didn't get to see it until the next market. And so now it's different, and I mean, it's probably elevated everyone that there's all these social media platforms and selling platforms. But yeah, you weren't seeing the art outside of actually seeing it back 10 years ago, which doesn't seem that long ago. Yeah, no kidding. That kind of floors me when you mentioned that about how pervasive it is now, but that's not that long ago. Yeah. Because I think we, you said two, you started in 2008. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Us and you and Intelligent Futures, we all started the same year. So. <laughs> Magical year. That's right. It's a wonderful year, except for the global economic crisis. Um, so, you've mentioned, uh, you know, folks coming back back from the Montreals and the Vancouver's. Um, what, what other shifts have you seen in the creative community uh, in the time that Market Collective has been around? I think the shift, I mean, there's been a huge shift in the trends of like creativity and entrepreneurship in the last few years, for sure, where people are getting out there, putting their music online, putting their art online, uh, for better or for worse. People just have access to all, all of these platforms to put out whatever they're making. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been a huge shift. And then the other shift is, uh, yeah, just the style, I think, of work coming out and people that are coming to the markets or just people in the world and um, kind of the economic sphere realizing or understanding the importance of shopping local and purchasing local. And I felt like a few years ago, Market Collective was fighting against the box stores a little bit because right at the same time, the Market Collective was getting even more popular like things like Walmart were like, oh yeah, DIY sells. And so they were kind of mass producing necklaces or mass producing anything that looked like DIY. So it was kind of like this weird zone where you're like, okay, everything kind of looks like DIY right now. What's important is that it looks like DIY or that you're actually supporting your local creatives or the creative class. And so I think there was kind of that that shift in everyone realizing that was important and then realizing what the what it actually was. And a lot of our feedback is that people liked coming to Market Collective and events like that because not only were they supporting local, they really liked the style of the work, but they actually got to meet the artist and talk to them about their process or see their personality or their kind of individual quirks come out. So maybe that was like one of the biggest shifts is that everyone kind of adopted DIY and then you had to differentiate yourself from 
the look of DIY to actually something yeah. that is that DIY? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so big picture, the story about Market Collective is pretty amazing. Um, what have been some of the challenges and hiccups and roadblocks you've faced on the way? Some of the biggest challenges for us weren't the artists and it weren't, wasn't the support of the community. It was actually getting the city to understand what Market Collective was and the importance of it. Because when we started, it really was so grassroots and um, it was just a group of people kind of trying their best. But the city was kind of sitting on the other side of it, hadn't been to the events, wasn't that interested but also was kind of frustrated with things like Market Collective and specifically Market Collective at the time because we didn't really check off any of the boxes as far as like urban planning was going. Mm -hmm. And so we were trying to use buildings that maybe weren't zoned for markets, but market wasn't a zoning back then. So um, they kind of caught up with us like a year into it and said, okay, you need a business license. And there was no business license that would fit what we were doing. And then a year later, we had to register as like a trade show. And then a couple years after that, there was a market one. And then the market one became really constrictive of what kind of like land use you could use and what kind of gathering spaces and what you needed as far as like temporary versus permanent. And so I think the fact that it was really grassroots, it wasn't a permanent location, and it was just something new happening in the city um, made these incredible roadblocks where people at the city maybe in principle weren't against it, but they were against it because they're sitting at a desk and it was just frustrating being like, okay, well, we have parking problems and we have people gathering on sidewalks and we don't think that the zoning for this is right, but there's also a vacant building that's been in the middle of like an urban center for nine years. And so it's crazy for it to stay empty. And just kind of that cycle continued. And honestly, it was only this last year that the mayor visited our office and just said, I'm sorry that I've been such a like stumbling block to this. Mm. I'm really on board now and didn't really realize the work that Market Collective was doing because everything else was just so hard to fit into an urban planning city box. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's been, we weren't experts at it either. So it's kind of been a growing thing for us. We started it because we loved the community aspect and knew nothing about land use bylaws. Sure. Um, now Ma I know a that. lot, which is, <laughs> which is Whether weird. Whether you wanted but, to or not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's, um, having been, uh, at the city, uh, in a previous life, the, uh, I know how that works where something new comes up. It's a real struggle because they're trying to make every, make sense of it in terms of what they have in term rules, regulations, et cetera, right then and there. And so it's often difficult and square peg round hole kind of a scenario for, for, for making it work. Yeah. And it's hard to, for the city to make concessions for things because, Quite literally, if they make a concession for one thing, they have to change the bylaw use for every single thing that looks like what you're doing, which was hard for us to understand because we're like, come on, like we have a good track record, like this mm -hmm. is crazy. But on the other side of it, I understand you can't play favorites and just eradicate land use for some people and no permits mm -hmm. and business licenses. Like that wouldn't make sense either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there should be no permitting <laughs> at all, maybe sometimes, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um Obviously, that's not how a city's run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It really does require um, 
a commitment to make it work on both sides and hopefully that you know that happens more often than not not but yeah who knows <laughs> yeah. um so just this past year you were recognized as one of calgary's top 40 under 40 uh yes. <laughs> so in your in your uh inter- in your interview uh you mentioned that um you're focused on uh, making sure that that market collective isn't just an artist market, but being an organization that has the ability to change the landscape of the city. So that's awesome and ambitious. Uh, can you expand on that and what you, what you, uh, what you mean by that? Um, I think from the beginning, we didn't really know it at the time, but looking back, it always seemed like market collective was a bit of a forerunner in Calgary for things that were coming behind it. Mm-hmm. And most of that was sort of, a struggle. Obviously being a forerunner, you're like figuring out permitting, you're figuring out all that stuff we just talked about, but you're also figuring out what Calgary likes, the place of arts in the city, how that all works together. And I never saw Market Collective as a forerunner until it kind of fast forwarded five or 10 years. And it was like, oh, okay, like now there's tons of art markets that happen all over the city. And looking at how, how do we stay ahead of that curve? How do we keep differentiating ourselves or keep growing or doing more unique things or pushing those boundaries a little bit? Seems like at the beginning, we we're pushing so many boundaries. And then all of a sudden we got into a safe zone, just like, okay, this is what we do. Mm. And now that there's so many things doing so many different organizations that are doing the same things so well, how do we kind of keep pushing those boundaries? And, um, this past year, my goal for the 10-year anniversary was to make it more accessible than it's ever been before and also more weird and cool kind of than it's ever been before. And when we're talking about as a team, it's like, how do you marry those two ideas? Because this accessibility often looks like boring or a little bit too easy and something that's like weird or cool or on like the brink of trends often can be alienating or a little bit exclusive. And so I was really focused on trying to marry those two ideas and having people coming in from the suburbs or, um, you know, senior citizens coming in or little kids coming in and being exposed to this weird, creative and accessible world and having them go home and really enjoy it, not have that be alienating. And then also having you know, people like skateboarders coming in or stranger kind of fringe artists coming in and also feeling really comfortable in that space too. And the first, off our 10-year anniversary, the doors opened at like 4 p.m. And in line, there was a grandma and then there was also a mom and a dad and a four-year-old. And then there was two 18-year-old skateboarders. And I was like, "Whoa! Like this is it. like this is <laughs> yeah, how you yeah. reach like a really multi like dimensional group of people." Yeah. And so, I think maybe that's some of the stuff that comes with changing the landscape of the city is seeing how those different groups of people can work together and appreciate what the other people are offering. Mm-hmm. Um, at the last event, we had a little skate park inside. So I was like kind of hanging around, like talking to some of the younger people there doing some intel and seeing what they liked and what they didn't. And this one skateboarder who was super rad, he was probably like about 21 years old. I said, like, what do you like about the skate park? How's it working? And he said, man, this is such a cool place to be. I love it. All my friends are here, but it's also safe. And I'm not worried about anyone getting beat up Mm, and anything weird happening. And sometimes that sort of stuff happens like at skate parks downtown. But 
it seemed like it was able to kind of bring those two ideas together where it was a cool place for these guys to be, but also a place that they felt safe and comfortable. And he was like, I'm not usually exposed to like live music and the arts. And this is like a really cool thing. And then, of course, there was like, you know, people in their 30s and 40s bringing their young kids to skateboard, too. And and so I think I think maybe changing some of the premonitions of people and creating that safe space that doesn't feel just totally comfortable, but it feels like you're getting exposed to different types of groups. Hmm. So the idea of comfortable enough, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that you're there, but you're you're not completely in your comfort zone because you're learning new things, eating new things, hearing new things, seeing new things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very cool. So what what are your thoughts about how to uh, balance comfort and weirdness in in the next year? Yeah, I don't. I've been thinking a lot about that. I mean, once that concept got in my mind, I feel like it's like this hamster wheel that keeps yeah. on going around and. Um, I think we're going to keep doing larger scale events that happen a little bit less frequently and so that we can bring in these really dynamic activities for kids and for youth and for adults and have a large number of artists there and really high attendance. Um, just cause last, at the end of last year, it seemed to work really well to have huge community engagement there Mm. and a lot of our event almost half of the space was dedicated to hands-on activities whether it was skateboard parks or bouncy castles for kids or live music or trying pottery wheels or um, being in a foam pit there was all this stuff happening and um, instead of taking away from the event the average sale went up by 50% of the artists when we did the thing so um yeah, it was 50% increased from last December, and which over the two weekends made it $480,000 more was spent on two weekends in December than two weekends last year. And I really have to attribute that to these activities and these community engagement pieces, keeping people in there for longer and then having them be able to do another loop and really talk to people. And there was more space for people to talk to the artists. The aisles were bigger. So it seemed to work really well. So we're just going to go forward with that method and, um, yeah, hope that the artists really can thrive from that. Yeah. Very cool. Is there anything else you'd like to tell people about market collective, whether from your experience or if, if there are people in other cities that are listening that want to get into these kinds of ambitious, crazy activities that you've done? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess overall, like if you search out the markets in your city, they're really awesome places to meet people and they're awesome places to get your work out there and um, to launch your ideas and to collaborate with people. And I think always my favorite thing about markets, about Market Collective and probably any markets, is what happens between those markets. And, you know, you have eight or 9,000 people coming together and meeting each other. And then the next couple months later, we would have people applying and asking to be beside each other. And we're like, oh, I didn't even know you knew them. And they said, oh, I met at the last market and we've been collaborating on something. So I think that there are great places to meet people, no matter what type of person you are, whether you're an artist, a musician, just a community member, a family. And I just love seeing what happens more so between the markets than even what's happening at the markets, because that really does change a city when there's gathering places 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And I think that's one of the amazing things is, is just that gathering place into like your focus on community and sort of all aspects of mm-hmm. what it means, which is amazing. Um, okay. So the last question we ask all the guests is, uh, can you tell, tell us a city that you love and why? Hmm. I don't think about this one. I love all the cities. <laughs> um, well, I've never lived in Vancouver, but I've stayed there for periods of time, like a few months at a time. And I love Vancouver as like a big city in Canada. And the reasons I like it is because it's so accessible to be outdoors. You can like surf and you can snowboard and you can go to the ocean all in the same day if you wanted. And I love being outside and I love being able to see like the mountains and the ocean. And for a city, Vancouver has such amazing cycle tracks and really cool environmental programs and I just think it's a really cool city because it is it is like an urban center, like a very urban center, but it's also so submersed in outdoors and the beauty, and they have so many of those natural elements inside. So shout out to Vancouver for being really beautiful and um, playful. It's interesting that the city's bylaws acted as one of the biggest constraints for Market Collective. And I think it's a perfect example of the ongoing tension that exists in all our cities how to plan and regulate them, but also how to allow for creativity and innovation in areas that make our city better. But I think as long as everyone involved has the aim of improving life in the city, solutions can always be found. And I have to say that I love Angel's goal to make Market Collective both accessible to a diverse group of people and super weird. That's just my type of event. 360 Degree City is created by our team at Intelligent Futures. To learn more about the work we do, go to intelligentfutures.ca. I'm John Lewis. Thanks for stopping by.